Good morning, it's Grandma B here. I've decided I better start reading my journal. I'll do my best to uh, keep it civil, but it needs to be done. Uh, I have a responsibility to share my story. Uh, God has urged me on to make sure that it gets out. Uh, too many people that are s- severely wounded stay absolutely silent. And uh, I think it's better to get it out. And hopefully someone else will uh, learn from it or uh, someone else will be helped by it because they recognize that, uh, gee, they're not alone and these kind of things don't just happen to you and most of all it definitely helps me to get it out so here I am and I will start off that um, at this age I'm looking back and I think that I would have remembered everything I'm looking back that and I I think that I should be able to remember everything clearly but actually when I sat down with my journal I had a really difficult time reconstructing all the things that happened some things are completely left out and other things come back later so uh, I got to get started somehow so I thought my past is unclear years all run together into one they all run into one another and main points are often mute let me ask you this question does that happen to you too I did learn this that um, often we remember a little tidbit about something and other things come out that we never even thought about that we had completely blocked and hindsight being 2020 that's for sure I uh, try to keep everything um, honest so uh, the timeline recognition is important when I tell my story and I was looking back in decades I was going from um, Decades, meaning 10 years at a time. So uh, I went from 53 to 63, 63 to 73, 73 to 83, 83 to 93, and so on. So um, the first title would be my early life in Germany. And then it would be my early life in the USA. In the next decade, looking for focus and experiencing the birth of my son and then uh, the fourth decade was my son my responsibility the fifth decade was let go and get serious and um, then the sixth decade was get saved get saved and find hope And the seventh decade is definitely retire and let hope overwhelm. Hope of God is the best hope anybody could ask for. So during the years of uh, my fifth decade were many good times and many troubles. 
My son was uh, 13 years old, so I estimated 13 years to 23 years old in that particular decade. Those 10 years were life living a nightmare, but there were also some rewards, but it was mostly living a nightmare. There were escapes to the Caribbean, good times with hubby, the dogs, and my career. Often the hope of uh, my son actually speaking truth or doing things right was always the center of my existence, the hope that it was being done right. What can I do to help this situation? And that was, uh, that was a heavy burden for me to carry. Many trips to, to find help, to seek help, to ask for help. Often being very disappointed. So during the, the sixth decade, good times again and even worse hard times, seeing my son fail between the age of 23 and 33 was tough. Seeing my husband fail was tougher, but seeing myself fail was the worst. Being saved by God was actually the best. Seeing others saved by God is even better. Godfidence worked in all sections of my life. Even the hard things were better to take. The fraud and lies of my only son got stronger and bigger and more powerful, but mostly went undetected by me. Hindsight being 2020 revealed things to me, surprisingly, in the year 2020 and beyond. Why fraud? Why the lies? Why the hate? Why collusion is self-preservation and mental deception? Yes, the mental instability showed up in the life of my son in his teens. The dislike of his own flesh seemed, seemed over... Oh, excuse me. The dislike of his own flesh ran over into hating his only real support, which was me, as well as his grandparents and his dad. I remember many snippets, and when I start thinking more, more come up, and before I know it, I'm overwhelmed with disbelief, anger, Ambiguity, also known as severe confusion. How could this happen to such a prosperous endeavor? Having a baby was something that I really, really, really prayed for and made every effort to enjoy the youth of my child and uh, always was always thankful that was what he was there always um, put him first, always cared for him first, always 
He was always first with me, always. His well-being and his safety was always first in all my choices. A mother's love is definitely unconditional. I was never perfect. I made bad choices, bad decisions, and also took bad actions. Somehow, I was able to stay mostly on the straight and narrow. And lying didn't appeal, and still does not appeal to me or my inner self. Self-medication also played part in my life. And that can take many forms, from escaping into nature, running far with dogs, and vacations. This section is not meant to be about me, but I recognize that my actions played a part in my son's and others' lives. Trust was minimal between the people in my life. Yes, I take responsibility. Revenge and vindication for pain suffered also played along foolishly. And when we are not with God, it gets real messy. Or messier than when we are. Poop hit the fan in one of the decades, approximately 2005, many times between husband and I mostly. My job was the best escape and so was his. Our kids were teenagers, his kids were estranged mostly. Mine estranged himself especially from me and I never could get the truth out of him or understand the rebellion, the destructive actions and the grief that my son put me through. Authorities didn't help. It was put off as normal, counseling and visits to places like Cleo Wallace, Lookout Mountain School for Boys, Dr. Dalla, clinical family counseling did not seem to help. Put me in a bad light instead, even though I was paying for them. This was prior to 2006. The years that, that were the worst were 1994 to 1996. The lies were too great, too embarrassing, too heart-wrenching, too painful to document then. And now they all run into one another with some sticking out more than others. Hence, I kept my job and continued to provide I provided more than enough for my son with physical safety, material things, and, and my time. Yes, I gave my time. So here we are. It's been over a week since I've been blocked from seeing my grandkids. It's better that way. And that's only from social media because seeing them as if I'm a forbidden stranger hurts me more than not seeing them at all. I have seen them as an outsider for six years or more now, forbidden to touch or speak with them. Any presents I sent were withheld and thrown out. 
No communications from my son or his wife in over six years since they disowned me for no particular reason, since I was thrown out. So flaunting their lifestyle with her family, her mother and her husband, no relation to the mother, with their hands on them, the grandchildren, all doing all things and stuff and throwing it out for me to see. It hurt too much to see such favoritism again and again for over six years. I often said to myself, it's okay, at least I get to see them growing up, all six of them, still under 12, all six of them. So hindsight and discernment has shown me why I endured just being able to look from the outside in. But now I say, hallelujah, it's time to put that to sleep because I've seen enough of the pain is too much for me to bear. Back when they met my son and the woman, Bob and I were on vacation for two weeks. Travis had been back living with us under our roof since I rescued him two or three years prior when he was homeless, working in a car lot in Littleton, dirty and penniless, no driver's license, unfinished EUI business, all credit ruined, car repossessed, house foreclosed on, and so much more, so much more. As I worked and continued my paper route, he had used us for years. Speaking of my son and myself, we were, my husband and I, we were both working. And our teenage son, now an adult, continued to use us and defraud us. He lied about prospects, lied about options and plans. I covered his classes for DUI. I paid for his fines. Worked to fix his credit legitimately after losing the house he bought by the way he lied to everyone that I forced him to buy it at the age of 18. It was not the case. I suggested that he needed a place to live, and as he was earning 65000 a year back then, it was a great opportunity to help him with taxes, to buy a condo in Broomfield, where he worked at uh, a huge uh, computer business, up-and-coming computer business. He went against all my advice and opted for this old house in Northland. It had been, uh, somebody had flipped it and done some work to it and, and tripled the price of it. So he could show off and party with acquaintances in that neighborhood and from school friends, all moved in and he proceeded to skip work. It was not a house that I recommended to him at all. I, I gave advice against it. I said, 
buy a new condo in the area where you're working, not an old house that's like a party house with a basement where all your friends can move in and you can just uh, party, party, party. He never paid any of the terms, never paid public service or any of the obligations he had he had like insurance car payments or me the majority of the obligations were definitely to me because i was helping him to get set up and i enjoyed helping him i thought i was doing some good but in the long run i wasn't at all i uh, opened the door for him to defraud me even more he had not only owed me for the jeep I never could get him to pay a single payment, never paid insurance on it, never paid me for the phone or the $3,800 I loaned him for closing costs. I even drew up a contract and he was to pay me back with his large, large, large uh, salary that he was earning, but he never paid me a dime. He wouldn't let me see any of his finances when I went to visit him he wouldn't even let me in the house after he moved in I was put off again and again and again until I had it and it was too late he was in jail for DUI but he was there at least one whole summer in that house I guess from my recollection he had conjured up some idea that he had been offered an even better job paying three or four times the 65000 a year and that he was going to work out of the home. And he no longer needed to drive to Broomfield from North Glen. I found out that he never followed the detailed budget he had that he needed to follow. None of the agreements were honored, none. Just like before. Great intentions, but no follow through whatsoever. During the same time, he had bought that uh, brand new Audi TT sports car that cost as much as he earned a year, 65,000 or so, and never paid any of it, never made a payment. In the meantime, the $18,000 Jeep that I bought him when he was 16, that he had not paid on either, was torn and beaten and neglected and trashed, abandoned in the backyard of the now foreclosed house. I had it towed and repaired once I went out there and saw that the house was abandoned and foreclosed on. This is how I found out that he had completely failed in this endeavor. He not only disappointed me, he also ducked out on everything. During the two years that he lived, or during, during the two years he lived there, I should say partied in North Glen, he hawked everything I ever bought him or anything that he ever, any possessions, as well as the, um, the great salary that he was getting.
He hawked the scuba gear, the skier, skis, the saxophone, who knows what else. Things turned up missing at our house as well, and, but I never had any proof that he took it, our rings and various other things, and I think even our identity. He committed identity theft against his stepfather, using Bob's name and mine to make thousands of dollars worth of sex calls. And he started that before he even moved out. He was only 15. This is just coming back to me now. I was a stupid, naive mother who wanted to believe that it was temporary, always forgiving, and then being taken to the cleaners again. Back in 2005 or so, while we trusted him, we went on vacation and he met Amanda online and he lied to her. Our house was his house and our cars were his cars. He even flew her to Denver from Brighton, Michigan, where she lived with her parents or her, her mother and stepfather. I'm not sure how he got it or pulled it off, but he was really good at committing fraud. I think he uh, took our credit cards and I think he took our credit statements. And back then our credit cards were automatically paid, came out of the bank account. And if the credit card statement was missing, often I didn't even notice I had so much on my plate. But from my recollection, we even paid for her to come to our house where he defrauded her along with us. At the time, I was so foolish that I missed it. And he fraudulently charged our cards again and again. We had problems too. Having a freeloader like my son living upstairs in our house took a toll on us. At that point, I was determined to get him out on his own and hopeful that he learned his lesson from having lost everything. Car repossessed, house repossessed, jobs, no job, no driver's license, lost everything. Just getting him to work would be the best for all of us. But he lied and lied about searching for work. And all the while, he he robbed us as he was not he robbed us it was between the he was not a child he was not a child then once I had confronted him when, with Amanda there, she yelled at me saying, how dare you hold things against him when he was a little child. I said, no, he was not a child. He was between the age of 20 and 24. And he got very fat and lazy living in our house doing nothing while Bob and I worked and worked. More and more disrespectful he became and after an often violent and threatened suicide. Never did I expect the lies to continue as they did. More and more and bigger and bigger they became. Heartbreaking for a mother to endure. 
It breaks my heart so to have been taken by my very own child like I was. Threats were given me. I was blasted with them, actually. Yes, I drove, I drove, yes. I, it drove me to want to escape as well. At that time, I pleaded with God, but had not actually made any vows to God. But it, I was getting closer and closer to surrender and just give up, fall on my face again and again. So coming home from vacation back then in 2005, with Travis having been the house sitter and he was supposed to care for our dogs, it did seem strange, as if our house had been redecorated. At the time, I didn't understand why. Our, our uh, liquor cabinet was robbed, bottles were diluted with water. That was strange and very upsetting. He was 25 years old. Our safe was damaged with a sledgehammer and a drill, not sure if it was broken into, but the damage was evident. It also looked as if all my belongings were hidden and brought back out and brought back out incorrectly, not the way that they were left. We, we'd left adequate funds in case of an emergency. All was gone and our dogs appeared neglected and fearful. And I know by the age in which dogs that was when that happened. It was not when he was a child. We never left him alone as a child. There was, a, there was lots of schmutt on the ceiling as if a possible fire almost broke out. There was a, attempts to use Bob's weapons as well. There was water damage on the ceiling as if the tub overflowed again. Upstairs, it was a common occurrence by him to overflow the bathtub. He said he was working and I rarely saw him. I think he left in the AM with my Jeep after I repaired it and got it back in, in driving condition. And he came back to the house after I left for work. So I think it was a, a facade that he would leave for work, but he was just doing that. So I would leave for work and then he would come back to the house. When I asked about the website business he was to create for us as a last ditch effort to get him back working and making a living, he kept saying almost done, but not but would not show any results. Almost done, almost done. I'm almost there. So we had uh, made a deal with him to try to get him out of that room to do something with his life. So we asked him if he create, could create a business for us, a website. And we paid him $300 a month. And we also paid for all the expenses. We bought a expensive $2,500 computer back then and internet service and everything. But all he ever did was play games. Play games on that computer and that's how he met his wife now, by playing games in some kind of a game room. 
and he befriended her with lies. So, and the lies were coming at us, telling us that um, he was working on that website, but the only thing he ever did was he had me pay for a um, for a domain. So I paid for the domain, but nothing was ever done to create anything. So um, that was a complete failure and very disappointing, but he strung us along for at least a year with that. He did zero on it. So, and we were not allowed to watch or anything. So let's go get back to the time when he flew Amanda in from Michigan while we were on vacation. Turns out he lied to her. It's his home, he said, his cars, etc. Same story about how his mother was down and out and he took me in. Oh my God. The next month he worked on her a long distance relationship after her two week or so visit to our house in Westminster. Somehow he convinced her to enroll in school and at DU Denver and she came out with her mother and stepfather and they rented her a new condo in downtown Denver. The stepfather co-signed for it. I only knew that the stepfather co-signed later when bills from him for him came to my house and I accidentally opened one and it was for failure to pay rent for totaling about 15 grand. Travis and Amanda lived there in Denver for months. She didn't go to school, nor did either one work. If she worked, it may have been for a week at a brokerage firm. The only car they had was the Jeep, my Jeep. Never paid me a dime, although he had promised me car payments from the age of 16, and now he was, in his, he was 25 years old. He had never paid a dime, never paid any insurance. When he did earn a wage, he squandered it on his own personal partying. Any money that he ever got had always went for his, for his benefit, for his things. He never bought me anything. He never bought me a present. He never did anything. Once he took Bob and I out to dinner when Amanda came to visit us after he, he um, moved to Michigan with her. But that is a whole other story. I need to go over that because they had ulterior motives when they came and visited us in Westminster after having moved out just before their first child was born, before she became pregnant. You may fall over when you hear that he took me again the whole time he was living down there with her and they adopted some kind of a dog the dog was soko he was a uh, puggle they lived in that condo i guess she had her mother had rented a u-haul truck and brought her a bunch of stuff so every week travis would come to the house 
I was doing a lot of remodeling and cleaning up after he moved out. With we put in new carpet and um, I painted everything, patched all the holes in the walls, and redecorated the bathroom and all. So every week while he was living in that condo with her, he came without problem, one problem after the other. I'm working and I will get a check tomorrow. Please, please, please help me. I need $300. But the first month or so that he was living with her, I still foolishly allowed him to keep the American Express that I had given him. I finally had put a limit on it of 300 a month because he certainly was taking advantage and charging much, much more. American Express was something I had to pay every month, so. And that was when he was living upstairs and I was paying him $300 a month for um, working on that business for us. So he was charging on it excessively every month trying to even charge more than 300 um, so I reduced it and uh, finally I canceled it but it was after he had already embezzled quite a bit of money from us so I also paid for the cell phone he had but he would never answer the phone when I called when he was at the condo I called there, they wouldn't answer the call. Never, never. This went on, you know, I would call and say, you said you would come and pay me tomorrow. And uh, weeks would go by, and then when he finally showed up, I'd be so glad to see him, I almost would forget about what he had done. A mother's heart is very big. So, I worked, worked hard, and worked on keeping the house up. Bob was mostly out of town working as well. It was very stressful, but my escape was hard work. I uh, remodeled everything, and everything was in great shape because he had moved out finally after, it was about four years of him squatting upstairs and uh, not working. I was embarrassed that my son could have taken me to the cleaners like this, pissed off and angry, shit on again and again, treated like dirt, unless he fell like snowballing me for some more cash or some more benefits for him. So when he stopped answering the phone, and I, I got really concerned, it was, uh, Late summer that year, I think it was in 2005, I'd been going to church, so I was trying to make amends, trying to help, see what is going on here. So during my lunch hour, I started to drive downtown to the Brighton Boulevard where I knew they were living in a condominium. I didn't even have the unit number. Desperate to get answers as to why he was, why he had continued stealing and never paying me back and never never made any kind of amends to be a grown son of a mother who had done so much for her kid so glad to see him when he came begging for food I would bend over backwards and take him to Costco to buy him food but there was always some real legitimate reason why he didn't get his paycheck. He was working full time, so he said. 
I was so confused about it. And I took him to Costco. Just being with him, I was such a fool. Just being with him was what I needed. I needed to be with him because I love my son. I didn't think that he would hurt me again like he did. So with a carload of food, he would take off to downtown and, and then I wouldn't see him again for a week or two. So this went on for quite a while and when I, st I started to, after the food incident is when I started going to the condo downtown. So I went to the manager of the condo, I said who I was and she gave me the number so I went and knocked on the door. I saw the Jeep out there and I went and inspected it, you know, it doesn't lock, the doors were open because it's a rag top. It was so trashed out again, just like it was when I rescued it out of the foreclosed house's backyard. Trash everywhere, even my personal information was in there. In the meantime, I had also received tickets at home because I was still, I was the registered owner and I continued to pay insurance on it. Yes, I kept it licensed and insured. It upset me, heartbroken, I'd go back to work. The next day at lunch, only 10 minutes away from my work, I'd go back knocking and pleading at the door. I just sat there outside the door. I looked around to the balcony. It was full of dog shit, dog shit everywhere. I could see inside. There was no dining room table in the dining area and that was full of dog shit also. Hundreds of piles it seemed like. Oh, I went back to the door and I threatened that they best open the door. I would call the police to make a well visit check. To my shock, a totally disheveled Travis opened the door. Please, please leave us alone, he pleaded. I demanded to come in. He wouldn't let me. Then the disheveled Amanda appeared, fat. Yes, she was fat and unwashed. I could see more of the dog shit in the empty, empty, empty apartment. No table or chairs. She says she's embarrassed. I was introduced, I introduced myself as his mother, and it was the first time we met. Yes, we met. Heartbroken and confused, I was turned away. Not let in and no explanation given. I truly didn't know what to make of it. I didn't know her full name, her address, then or where her parents lived or what her stepfather had, that her stepfather had co-signed for the place. I didn't know they didn't, they hadn't paid any rent all that time, the whole summer. That condominium, I think it cost like $1,800 a month. Then one day in November, in the fall, they both showed up at, up desperate at my doorstep. They have no place to go. Could I take them in? And to my chagrin, I took them in. Bob was on the road and I was lonely and hopeful. And being a mother who loves her son, I hope for the best. 
Travis was also great at deceiving me into thinking all was great. They had jobs lined up, but none ever materialized. They had been evicted. Leave. They would leave when I was home or hide out upstairs. When I went to work, they would come back and hang out. The fool I was, I let him have the master suite upstairs that I had fully, newly remodeled, recarpeted and painted. All the holes fixed and new curtains and everything put up. Since our running at the condo and my total disappointment, I had concentrated at my re to, on my remodel only at home. Also paid for the fines on the Jeep. They came after me because I was the registered owner. Amanda was standoffish, unfriendly, and didn't connect with me at all. Only, only brief sightings of Amanda at my home when, I, when they were living there with me. And when seen, she would not even greet me. I not, not only, I do not know what he told her about me, but it was evident she didn't like me or wanted to even get to know me. Looking back, as hindsight is 2020, Travis made strong efforts to keep us apart. Soko was a problem, he peed on everything, and that made me mad because I had new furniture, new carpet. It was hard to catch him, but it started to be very noticeable, and I was not allowed into the master suite where they were living, where they were staying, and Travis and I fought often. They didn't even help with keeping the kitchen clean. I had to beg, 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 and plead that they would do some work there while I was at work. It was evident they were not working and had no money. Christmas was coming and they begged me to help get them to Michigan with the Jeep, so I did. I financed the whole trip, repaired the rag top that had been ripped and uh, paid for gas and got them motel rooms for their trip because it was not one trip that they can make in a day. I used Bob's points to get them rooms at the Marriott on, for, for the long trip. So they were up there for Christmas and then they came back. Obviously they had plans to move up there. They were hoping to find work up there with her parents. So, from October to November 2006, they stored her stuff in my garage. I think it might have been 2005 or 6, I'm not sure of the year. Until their move in the spring, I do not believe it was, they, I don't remember what year it was, I would really have to sit down and do some math. They rented a U-Haul 
But before that, we got in a big fight because of the big pipe, the big hookah pipe, pipe that I saw in the window upstairs. I was upset seeing it from the street. So um, I was out for a walk and didn't come home until dusk and there was lights upstairs in that master suite. They had the gall to have a huge hookah pipe in the window. And going up there, they wouldn't let me in, of course, but I forced my way in to see and I saw that room, that master suite was so disheveled and that was actually a pipe that they were using. Later, I found out when they did leave, they had hidden all the car, the burns in the carpets. There were burns in, all over the carpet in that master suite. The burns were, my God, they were six inches wide uh, burns in the carpet from the hookah that they were using, a huge hookah. They were smoking something up there. And from my recollection, it was probably more than just marijuana or tobacco. So after they moved out, I started to get the bills, many bills in the name of Amanda Cronin at my house. I was at first passing them on to them, and then I accidentally opened one. <coughs> it must have been in Scott's name, but it was clear that it was for collections of 15 grand for the co-signer. I suspect since Amanda and Travis were now living with her mother and her stepfather who co-signed, that when Scott found out about the collection, I was blamed. I see it now. Oh, we gave her the money. We gave her, Travis's mom, the rent, and she was to pay. She led us to believe she paid it for us all along, but obviously she didn't. So the big lie began to trash my character, not uh, trash my character in the eyes of her relatives to save their own skin. Many years, <coughs> I wondered why I was so disliked by her mother and her stepfather for no reason. I, I was made out to be an embezzler to them by my son and his now wife to save their own skin. That's the reason why I was disowned and why I was not allowed to even interact with them at the wedding. I was told by Travis I needed to go. I couldn't stay there. To be continued later.